Welcome to the Well-Balanced 360 Podcast, where we dive into the latest and best tips on medicine and spirituality to help you master your health and overcome your fears so that you can feel your absolute best. I'm your host, Dr. Shivani, a licensed medical doctor, a yoga nerd, and a wellness enthusiast. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to be here. Now let's dive in. Circadian fasting, is this even a thing? Can it really help you lose weight and boost your energy levels? Well, we're about to find out as today I'm joined by Dr. Amy Shaw, who's a double board certified medical doctor and nutrition expert with training from Cornell, Columbia and Harvard universities. Welcome to the Wellbalance 360 podcast, Dr. Amy. I'm super excited to be chatting with you today. Thank you so much for having me, Dr. Shivani. Of course, of course. So you have a book launch coming up, right? Absolutely. It's this one. I know. I'm actually grateful that I received an advanced copy of it. So I've been skimming and reading through it. I've just learned so much already. I'm so happy to hear. I'm so, you know, it's like that nerve wracking, exciting thing when you have worked so hard on something, you don't want to be too connected to the outcome, but it is something that I've worked so hard on. So I want it to, you know, get to as many people as I can uh, get it to. So it's that kind of double-edged sword. Of course. And you can tell just by reading all the hard work you put into it. I mean, even just like little things such as explaining what a hormone is, right? It's just, there's so much work that goes into it. And there's constantly in medicine, so much research that continuously comes out. So I feel like it was well written and you did such a great job with it. I think that what happens is like, you know, what we usually hear is what's in the, on the internet and Google. And I was trying to get to the bottom of the actual um, information so that it, it's clear, it's easy and it's factual. Yes. I love it. That's what we all need right now. There's so much junk on the internet. So it's like, what do you you believe? Right. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit about how this book came about for you. Okay. So this book has been over two years in the making. This happened because, um, I started sharing when I was going through my journey, I started to write first, just writing for myself, you know, for fun to Mm -hmm. kind of clear my head. And then I started to write things that I was interested in and things that were working for me in um, health and my healing journey and um, mind, body, green, which, you know, back then I didn't know about them. I heard a podcast, a ritual podcast, and he had Jason on and he said, well, anyone who's anyone uh, who's into wellness has heard about mind, body, green, and they're accepting submissions. Is that correct, Jason? And Jason said, yes. And I remember listening to that because this was right at the beginning of my healing journey. I said, oh, you know, I should, you know, I should write for them sometime and see if, you know, they would accept it. And so I wrote a piece and I was super nervous and I sent it. And Mm -hmm. lo and behold, I got an answer a few days later um, that they wanted to feature my article. And honestly, that's how my journey kind of started into writing. And then, of course, being a busy mom and a physician and going through my own healing journey, I really did not get to my final plan for about eight years after I first started it. Um, And so this is a long time in the making. Let's put it that way. Wow. Yeah. And I know in the book, you stated something about a car accident and how you felt 
like you had sleepless nights, obviously being a physician, but we're gaining so much weight. Is that kind of what, where you shifted into the health and wellness world a little bit more? Or was it prior to that? So prior to that, I was searching for answers, but I just, I was so busy, you know, we're so busy in our to-do list every day that Mm -hmm. we don't feel that great, but we don't even have time to Mm -hmm. really dig into it. So I had done, you know, I'd gone to the doctor, gotten a physical and nothing was wrong. So I said, okay, well, maybe it's just this, maybe it's just that. And then the car accident forced me to pause. It forced me to say, take a hard look at my life and wonder if I was doing the right thing. Um, And that's basically what happened is that day, um, you know, I had to pause for the next few days and examine why am I so tired? Why do I have all these GI complaints? Why are my hormones all over the place? And, you know, the more I talked to my friends, I knew that everybody else had those problems too, but nobody really had answers for us. Even our, my physician colleagues or myself didn't have an answer for us. So, um, yeah, that's, that's basically what, how it all started. Yeah. I mean, it seems just kind of like you had a little bit of a divide intervention there, right? Yeah. It feels like that, right? Looking back at it. For sure. Yeah. Um, so you're known as the circadian rhythm fasting physician, right? That's like whenever anybody mentions your name, that's kind of what comes up. Can you yeah. explain to me a little bit what what is that, right? And what is the difference yeah. between that and intermittent fasting? So I always say intermittent intermittent fasting is good, but circadian fasting is better. So what I'm trying to say is that. We work on circadian rhythms. We literally are um, solar powered beings. Mm -hmm. And when we live and eat with circadian rhythms, meaning light, dark, sun, um, you know, cycles, our bodies function very well. When we are constantly working against our circadian rhythms, Mm -hmm. we will face the consequences. It's almost like being jet lagged all the time, but each one of our cells is jet lagged. So you can imagine uh, the uh, one study that I wanted to mention that made it so clear to me is if you take, they took rats and they fed them feces of people who had traveled across the world, kind of like jet lagged, jet lagged feces. Mm-hmm. And um, those rats became tired and fat and um, had all kinds of diseases. So if that doesn't tell you something, you know, this is, chronobiology, living and eating and sleeping and waking with circadian rhythms mm-hmm. is something we leave on the table all the time here in the Western world, but it can make all the difference, not only in your energy today, but your longevity and health in the future. Mm-hmm. So you recommend it over intermittent fasting for... Yeah, I think what happens is, is that you know, it's like exercise. There's so many different types of exercise, so many different amazing types of exercise. I was trying to figure out something that would be easy for my busy schedule, um, would have multifac- like multifaceted benefits. So doing a circadian fast is like multitasking. And what person doesn't love to multitask? I mean, you're getting brain benefits, you're getting GI benefits. So by not eating late at night, Um, Not only are you getting the GI benefits and the metabolic benefits, but you're getting the circadian rhythm benefits, which are brain and full body. 80% of our genes work uh, on a circadian rhythm. 
Um, so you're getting more than just the benefits of the intermittent fasting. Got it. And you talk a little bit about this in your book. I mean, you talk a lot of it about it in your book, which is great. You know, there's, a, there's this hype right now of the gut brain axis in the microbiome, but yeah. what people don't really understand is the, there's also a component of the immune system, A, and hormonal balancing there as well. And so can you touch a little bit about that and explain to people what that, what that even means? So think of it like a triangle. So the brain is in the middle of that triangle mm-hmm. and gut health is on one side, immune health is on one side and hormone health is on one side. This is the energy trifecta. If any of these sides are damaged or not doing well, mm-hmm. your brain will suffer and you'll feel tired. So when people say, oh, I have a hormonal imbalance or people say, oh, I have a gut imbalance. Um, anywhere you have an imbalance is gonna cause an imbalance for the whole system. And whenever you start to fix your gut health, you get better hormone health and you get better immune health. And when you start to fix your hormone health, you get better, get better gut health and better uh, immune health. So it's, they're completely connected. They're not completely different systems. They're always interacting with each other and um, connected and talking to the brain all the time. That makes perfect sense. Thank you. So I guess my question would be, does it matter where you start? If I came to you and I was tired, would you look at my gut first or would you start with my hormones or would it be completely something completely different? Yeah. Well, since it's a triangle, you really have to address all of those, but you know, food is the biggest needle mover. Um, I start with food and food to balance the hormones and food to fix the gut health and food to lower inflammation. Those the food uh, diet area is the easiest to tackle, um, the easiest to change. You can see marked changes in health with just three days of a drastic diet change. Wow. And speaking of food, what, what foods are we looking at here? Yeah. So I'm not talking about a diet. There's no crash diet in here. Mm-hmm. Um, talking about what's researched, um, what people know uh, works in the literature, which is a Mediterranean style diet with heavy on the vegetables, um, nuts, seeds, and diversity of fiber. So fiber is the key um, to your diet, not only the amount of fiber, but the diversity of fiber, and really, really looking at um, a plant forward, plant heavy, 90% plant based diet. Okay. So if I came to you and I was like, I'm tired, I can't sleep. And my biggest concern is I've gained like COVID 20. Yeah. (laughs) What, what, what am I looking at if I wanted to start with circadian fasting and I've done, I've never done fasting before. So the first thing I would do is three things actually morning sunlight. So some daylight, natural daylight, not through a window, um, but actual like in your face daylight. Mm-hmm. Um, then the second thing I would do is stop eating two to three hours before bed. And the third thing I would do is stop um, excessive blue light about two to three hours before bed. So those three things um, are little switches um, that you can make. If you had to like boil it down to the three parts of circadian fasting that really work, um, those are those are the three things I would start with. So first sunlight, first thing in the morning, like even before I do anything else, is that what you're saying? Just go outside? Um, no, anytime before 10 a.m. say, or 
um, at least before noon, you really want to give, it doesn't have to be like the minute your feet hit the ground. You know, a lot of us live in very cold places right now. So yeah. it's going to require like a coat and maybe a hat and maybe it's on your way out the door to, um, you know, work, uh, just do it and get some natural light. It's going to make such a huge difference. Um, that is the one intervention that I see like changes people's energy levels in days. Wow. So just me, the sunlight, the, I guess the hardest thing for me would be to keep my phone away at night, right? Yeah. That, that really messes up sleep, which is, which is such a main component to, to anything. Yeah. So one bout of blue light delays your melatonin by 90 minutes. Wow. Um, so what I do is I'm pretty good about the computer. I'm good about the TV, um, getting that off, but the phone is a last. So luckily you can put a, like a filter on your, um, on your phone. That's a yellow filter. Mm-hmm. And, um, you can also, what I do is the final thing I do is before bed, I put my phone on the charger and about 30 to 30 minutes to one hour, I spend without the phone. And that's the hardest part. Everything else, I got it down. Like mm-hmm. uh, also the other thing you can do is put some different lighting in your bedroom or wherever you hang out with uh, in the evening. Uh, mm-hmm. Put those yellow lights um, or incandescent bulbs uh, or even red lights to really, really uh, dampen down that, um, that blue light. You don't want to go to the grocery store or mall with the fluorescent lighting um, in the evening, late, right before bed. And just by changing that up, you've seen drastic differences in people's health. Yeah, absolutely. Energy levels rise. The biggest thing is circadian fasting. I mean, taking a person, most Westerners uh, eat 16 hours a day. Mm-hmm. So even taking that down to 12 hours and saying, hey, don't eat two to three hours before bed. And maybe, you know, after you wake up, do a little workout, walk, stretch, um, you know, fasted movement, and then start eating. And you see a big difference even in that small amount of time. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah. And then you talk also about fasted workout, which you just kind of mentioned. What, is, what does that mean? Is that is that working out prior to having like a glass of warm water or is that first thing in the morning with sunlight and then breaking your fast? Yeah. So you can have water, uh, Mm -hmm. but it's a workout before you actually have your first bite of food. Um, So it may look like something like you started fasting at 7 PM. You wake up at 6 AM you get some sunlight, you go for a walk, um, you know, you shower, and then you have your first meal at eight or 9am. And that's already a 13, 14 hour circadian fast. Um, And this way with circadian fasting, you can still have breakfast. um, And you still have the flexibility of, you know, eating breakfast and eating a dinner. It's just that the space is a little longer. Okay. And In terms of fasting, right, with the circadian fasting, do you recommend people start 12 hours, 14 hours, 16 hours? I mean, there's so much info out there. And I know know when people do like 16-hour fasts, they tend to just binge eat. So what do you recommend for somebody that's starting out? Oh, women especially tend to go overboard on the fasting when they first start. And it's just too, too much stress on our systems. 
And, you know, we seem to react a little more sensitively than men with fasting. And so jumping into a 16 hour fast even is too much. Um, doing 12 hours is what I recommend. And in my plan, so basically at that back uh, part of the book, the back half of the book is basically a done for you plan. So it tells you how many hours to fast, what to eat, um, how to move, how women should adjust their, um, to their cycles, et cetera. And that way, um, you know, if you're new at this, you can kind of follow along. Amazing. I did see that in the back of your book. So thank you for like sharing all those amazing recipes. I can't wait to try some of them. Yeah. Uh, I guess my next question would be, everyone asks me just in general, not in doctor terms, but like the easiest way you can explain it, what are hormones and what are we looking at when we're talking about weight gain and not sleeping enough? I mean, we all hear of cortisol, but is there anything else that women and men should know about? Absolutely. Um, So our hormones are chemical messengers. The way I describe it in the book is imagine a highway and um, all the exits and uh, on-ramps and off-ramps on highway. Mm -hmm. If you have an accident at any one of those on or off-ramps, you will back up the entire system. And that's how I think of hormones or chemical messengers that, you know, travel in their cars and they get into crashes and they get into um, traffic jams and your whole system is backed up. So adrenal fatigue is not just adrenal fatigue. It is going to be dysfunction of all of your other hormones. And, um, you know, thyroid, it's going to mess up your adrenals and it's going to mess up your um, sex hormones. So that's the interconnectedness of hormones and solving one hormonal problem with supplements, say, is not the answer. Like a lot of these people will say, oh yeah, adrenal fatigue, just take these supplements that, that and that's not, if you think about it as a hormonal highway, which it really is, you cannot just spot treat. You have to treat the entire system. You have to declog the root cause and um, you have to keep that highway running smoothly. When we have too much cortisol or when we have any other hormonal imbalance, um, that causes the traffic jam with everything. That's why, you know, stress, high cortisol levels will affect your thyroid, will affect your adrenals, but it'll also affect your sex hormones. Yeah, you bring up a good point in terms of you know, it's not just one hormone, you have to look at the whole picture, but a lot of physicians don't understand that, I would say. And so if I'm somebody looking to to find a doctor because I'm tired and I'm gaining weight, what advice would you give somebody who's kind of looking, minus obviously reading your book? Yeah. What, what can they do? Yeah. I think finding a doctor who's a great partner for you to rule out any um, causes of fatigue that are um, something that you can solve, like low iron, low vitamin D, low B12. I mean, there's a bunch of medical causes. Um, and I have some lab tests, uh, you know, in the book uh, that people can use um, as, as a partner with their doctor. But remember that there is not a lab test for this. Like fatigue mm-hmm. and burnout are something outside of our testing capabilities at this point in time. And in 2021, and probably for a long time, we don't have an accurate way to find a kind of the reasons why you're fatigued and 
burned out in a validated way. I mean, we have some like, you know, things, some biomarkers or secondary markers we can use, but really testing is only looking at huge defects in our health and not really the more subtle things that are more likely causing um, the fatigue and burnout. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. So I'm, I super appreciate this book that you wrote and just more and more physicians educating themselves on this topic, you know, just because there's, I feel like after COVID, everyone has been feeling so fatigued and, and gaining yeah. weight and everyone seems to be having gut hormonal issues. hundred <laughs> percent. It's like uh, burnout and fatigue has gone up 33% in its last, last year. It has. And you, you brought up another point in your book about mindset, right? Which is, I love that you cover that because a lot of physicians, they only focus on one thing and it's a full body picture. And so you talk about having an abundant mindset. How would you, do you have a ritual that you kind of, whenever you're feeling off or whenever you have an interview or going somewhere, how do you like stay focused and present and clear? So Shivani, I think, um, the thing that I tell people in the book that I practice myself is even on these busy days where I'm uh, doing all this stuff for the book launch and all that stuff, I spend a few minutes in the morning and a few minutes in the evening out of my to-do list. Um, this is what I call vagal stimulation. It is a chance for your vagus nerve to get activated. And in cultures of old, um, this was built into people's cultures. They sing. They spend time at church or a temple. Um, they um, do yoga or Tai Chi. I mean, in our culture, it's completely lost. So we have to add that back in. So two times a day, I spend just a few minutes, like literally less than two minutes, um, either taking some deep breaths, doing some gratitude, um, doing my humming, which is so crazy. The word OM has such a humming sound and that activates your vagus nerve. So humming, praying, uh, breathing out with the exhale longer than the inhale, these are all ways to stimulate your vagus nerve. And the vagus nerve, if you could explain, does what? Yeah, the vagus nerve goes from your brain to uh, through your entire body. And it's almost, if you imagine an old tree with tons of roots and branches, um, it is literally connecting your brain with the rest of your body. And it's um, activating the relaxation mode, the rest and digest mode. And it's the mode that we are missing today in um, most of our lives because we are always in sympathetic mode, which is our stress, um, you know, the deadlines, the mm -hmm. things we have to get done, uh, performance at work and at home, and, um, you know, emergencies here and there. And we really don't get a chance um, to activate that vagus nerve. And it, the busier we get, the more we think we don't have time uh, to do that. So I, so what I tell people in the book is like, hey, it's only a couple minutes twice a day. I, we're not asking for a full 40, 60 minute meditation session. Right, and if, if they can just chant OM a few times or just like humming, as you said, can help as well, right? Yeah, so it's, something very simple like that. It's interesting that you bring that up because this year, actually, according to astrology or like all feng shui and stuff is the year of Leo and the fifth chakra, which is all, wait, one, two, three, four, five. Yes, the throat chakra. So it's, yeah. this is the year to actually 
for all of us collectively to activate that vagus nerve. Oh, I love even, that. Even after COVID, just, just everyone's been so rampant in terms of stress. So what and, kind of, um, so it's a year of the Leo or? Right. Is, that, that the, is that the fifth sign Aries Torres? <laughs> too much about astrology. I remember my friend telling me this, Aries Torres, Gemini. I don't know what comes after that. What comes after? Do you know what comes after Gemini? No, I don't know anything about signs, but I heard I've heard it's the Leo year and it's the throat chakra. So yeah. you're supposed to activate. You're oh, that's good to, to know. There. Yeah, you're supposed yeah. to be out there more and love it. Know, activating that vagus nerve, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I love it. So what do you hope that people will learn from your book? What is like your main take? Okay. My main goal is to start the conversation. We are all effing tired and we are all burned out, but we don't talk about it. We don't create tools to help people. We don't have systemic, um, you know, solutions on an organizational level or on a personal level. I mean, this is a conversation that we have to have. Women especially have been disproportionately affected um, by the pandemic and by the increasing amount of burnout and stress related um, issues that we've had even before the pandemic. And so I'm just trying to have an important conversation for women hey, we need solutions, we need help, we need a conversation around this. What are the things we can do on a personal level, um, on a healthcare level, on a um, you know, organizational level, on a uh, country and worldwide level that we can help women, men get out of this situation and function better, you know, and be happier. And uh, it's not just about, yes, we want to be healthy, we want to live long, but we also want to have energy and focus and happiness now. So um, that's the conversation uh, that to be had. That's beautiful. I love that you're sharing that. Um, And you kind of covered this before, but I guess this is a little off topic topic, but how do you cover, how do you cope with fear? fear okay so there's different kinds of fear right Mm -hmm. fear of failure is something that I deal with all the time um and I think before I used to hold failure like inside of me like if somebody if something I did didn't do well it was like it's a reflection of me okay now I think of fear as something outside of myself um I think of fear as um you know my creative work uh you can insult it, but it's not connected to me. So that helps me manage my fear. So this is my creative, this book is creative work. What I do with patients is creative work. My work can be criticized, but I'm not fearful anymore that I'm not worthy or that I'm not good enough because I'm separating myself from my work, the worldly expectations and um, so that uh, then you have no fear because you really just think of yourself as a creator of things and helpful, you know, it can be helpful. It can be work. It can be books. It can be, um, and there, somebody can take it or leave it, criticize it or not, but that is work that you're putting out there. Um, and that's really helped me manage uh, my fear of failure. Beautiful. And what are you grateful for? Oh, wow. So many things. Um, <laughs> So grateful for health, honestly. If we didn't, 
if we learned anything this past year, um, we learned that health is the ultimate uh, gold um, in, and, you know, money and fame and success and nothing means anything if you don't have health of yourself and the people that you care about. I completely agree. Health is wealth, right? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, thank you so much for, you know, taking the time out of your busy book launch schedule to be yeah. on the call with me. Where can, before you go, where can people find you and where can people buy this book? Yeah. Um, I'm so effing tired and everywhere books are sold. Um, IndieBound is a great place to get it with, uh, from your local stores, um, mm-hmm. Amazon, Target, anywhere. Well, um, I'm over at FastingMD um, on Instagram. I am amymdwellness.com uh, as my personal site. And um, there's also a site for the book, I'm so effing tired.com. Amazing. Thank you again. It was so lovely to have you. Thanks so much, Ivani. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Well Balanced 360 podcast. I'm truly grateful for all of you and excited to have you join me on this health and wellness journey. Please be sure to stay connected with me over at drshivaniamin.com or any of my social media platforms. If you found this episode to be helpful, I would truly appreciate it if you would also hit that subscribe button and make sure to tell all your friends so you don't miss any future episodes. I'll catch you next week.